France and England both went through the round of 16 at the FIFA World Cup in Qatar. Kylian Mbappe sent Robert Lewandowski and Poland home with two goals and one assist. England eliminated Senegal while having everything under control during the 90 minutes of competitions. Welcome back to CGTN Sports Talk. I am Li Xiang, and I'm glad to be joined by my colleague Josh here. Great to be back. Hey, so Kylian Mbappe and France. Do you think they were much more dominant in the second half of the game? Yeah, they really grew into it.、Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 to be honest, I don't really know what they were doing in the first half. I get the feeling that they were just trying to see what Poland offer. Yeah, because I know in the build-up to the game,、um, the Polish coach、uh, Michenovic was saying that in the group stage. They were intentionally playing defensive.、Mm-hmm. I'm not really so sure. I believe that, but he was like, "Okay, well, we were playing defensive, and that's our fault.、Uh, we left Lewandowski kind of on an island on his own. We're going to be more attacking. We're going to move the ball better. We're going to get him more involved." So I wonder if France were giving them a little bit of time to be like, "Okay, well, if that's what they are doing, let's see." But as far as I could see, Poland were exactly the way they were previously.、Mm-hmm. Um, they were just shoddy with the ball, just moving it terribly, not playing like a cohesive unit. So it did seem weird that France took so long, especially in the second half, where it was like night and day.、Mm-hmm. You know, it used to be this belief in the NFL. That the New England Patriots would play the first half of a game, kind of make notes during the halftime, completely rejig their game plan, come out and then like play the second half, treat that as the real game.、Mm-hmm. That was almost what happened here because in the second half, in the second half, I'd, I'd love to see the statistics, but I feel like in the second half they dominated shots, dominated possession, just dominated the game completely. It went from being Fairly even with one side in the ascendancy、mm-hmm. to just a total shutout. Yeah, I actually I like you. I don't believe what the Polish manager said. It was more like because remember after the first two games in the group, but we agreed that Poland were done, and then they、yeah. somehow made it out. So it was like someone who had a poor start of doing something, and then magically kind of succeeded, and they would be like, "Yeah, I was just pulling my punches and." Then I can、yeah. take control when I had it. Actually, you you don't. It's just luck. More about luck. Well, I think I was reading as well. Is this is the first time Poland have reached the knockouts of a World Cup since 1986? That's a long time. And unlike, say, Wales or Canada, who've been gone for decades, apparently in Poland this was treated like an embarrassment、mm-hmm. because. They only qualify for the tournament because Russia were removed. Exactly. They only got through because of the yellow cards against Mexico.、Mm-hmm. They've been bad all the way through the tournament, so it feels like at every step of the way they haven't earned it. They've been gifted it, and I completely agree because they've just been dreadful. Yeah.、Um, I, I mean, for me, the thing that sums up the most is Lewandowski getting that soft penalty、mm-hmm. with, you know. Ninety plus nine, whatever it was, right at the end of the injury time, then doing an awful penalty, but getting it called back because、uh, Hugo Lloris was off the line, yeah, and then scoring it. So yes, he gets his. Now he has two World Cup goals, 
a fake penalty basically uh-huh. and just that tap in he had previously where he just looked so relieved like this whole thing for them has been this whole campaign for them has been embarrassing yeah i gotta say he has really small dreams because Tugo and one of them was eh, yeah it's not something exciting so for france Giroud broke their um national team scoring record and then mbappe had two did he really shoot in the same position twice to score yeah and the thing as well which really was incredible is with all of their goals, and that includes the Giroud one, it's like, you know, for example, with Messi, they always say if you give him just like half a yard, mm-hmm. he can take a step and find where the ball needs to go. In all of these conditions, it was just a case of like the ball landed at their feet and they rotated into position immediately. And with the um, with Mbappe's goals, it was like he'd been watching or like analyzing the tournament so far because to Poland's credit, Wojciech Szczesny has been one of the best keepers throughout. He saved two penalties. He's mm-hmm. been absolutely phenomenal. So when Mbappe scored both of those goals, it was like he was backed up against Glick, I believe, mm-hmm. or Matty Cash, and then turned and, and fired it in so that there was the body in the way. So Chesney was always a split second behind it. And I believe for both of them, like he got his fingertips to the ball, yeah. but it wasn't enough to knock it out, which is to say it's the finest of margins. Mm-hmm. And that kind, of, and that ability from that kind of range for both Giroud and Mbappe, but Mbappe in particular, which is absolutely phenomenal. Mm. Do you think Mbappe, who now has scored nine goals in two editions of World Cups, is making fast progress toward, say, catching up with Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo? Yeah, yeah. I wonder how long, let's say, Miroslav Klose's mm-hmm. record will last. Admittedly. I was reading a statistic that said if Thomas Muller would have kept on at the same pace as his first two World Cups in the last two, mm-hmm. he would have broken every goals and assist record. Instead, be. in the last two, in the last two, didn't have a goal, didn't have an assist. So we're planning for eight, twelve years ahead. But the way Mbappe is just scoring for fun, almost, yeah. especially in a tournament like this one, where you know we have to go back to it. The narrative was always going to be. He's arguing with this person. He's arguing with that person. The team's falling apart. Mm-hmm. Deschamps is struggling to keep them together. For him to just be playing like this with a smile on his face, you know, they're, they're playing England next, and that's that's a concern for me. Yeah, I think the win over Poland really showed a dominance France half uh, over most opponents. Like you said, there were like the Patriots. They observe first. They punch later and punch very accurately. I do think what happened last night showed a very tiny weakness is that their backfield kind of were obsessed with the ball. And sometimes Mm. if they move the ball too slow, it will leave some chances for their opponents. Poland were not really the best team to exploit those chances. But say if they're playing against England next one, I think England can make a threat. That's that's it, which I do wonder, like, on one hand, we're talking about this as a dominant performance. On the mm-hmm. other hand, I'm looking at who else is remaining. And I feel like they would all give a dominant performance against this Poland side. Mm-hmm. So you can't read too much into it. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I, I you are right with the, with the defense. Because I, I guess the feeling sometimes with the, with the defense is, because this is such like a straight-ahead team, mm-hmm. 
they are almost playing to earn their spot in the next game sometimes. You know, uh, Rafa Varane and Diotapa Meccano, they are pretty famous players at the moment, mm. and they are just wanting to get involved to kind of justify their future involvement to remain on Deschamps' team sheet. Mm. So England's win over Senegal, I, to me personally, I think is more, maybe it's not as dominant as the second half of France over Poland, but was definitely in way better control for the whole game. Because when England were slowing things down, they know that because we can't just uh, go there and race with Senegal in speed and everything. We have to slow down to slow them down. And when they speed it up, the bomb moon was accurate, was reasonable, and was like well-designed. Well like every, well, everyone knows where they're going. Everyone knows when and who to pass to. And the goals just happened so smooth and like naturally. Yeah, the like every goal came on the counter. Mm -hmm. And I feel like everyone was more perfectly timed than the last. Mm. Because this felt like a game to me where what it was is like, you're very much correct. They couldn't keep a pace with Senegal. So what they were doing is just slowly, slowly, slowly stretching the game. Slowly, slowly, slowly dominating possession. Mm -hmm. So Senegal are first. They think they can just run through with um, Saar, Dia. Um, or basically, they've grown into the position, the position that Sadio Mane mm -hmm. would be in. Ismail Saar in particular has basically become like the most threatening guy on that team. But then after letting them kind of, not letting them run through, but kind of seeing the way they do, getting the ball, and then particularly in like the second half, having Declan Rice snatch it in the middle and then just move the ball by himself up the, up the wing was really a case of showing that Senegal, even though they are probably... I feel like it, Senegal are underrated in the sense of they are the Af AFCON champions. Mm -hmm. So yes, they are missing their star player, but they're still a very good team. But this felt like England was finding out how they can play and how they can't. And very quickly realized they can't play without possession. They don't really know how to do it, which is how you ended up with these scenarios where Jude Bellingham, Declan Rice, like I say, his runs up the wing were incredible. But they were long. You know, he wasn't passing them around. He'd get the ball way before the halfway line perhaps just outside Pickford's box, and just run with it. And the Senegalese would just back up, back up, back up, expecting passes through the middle. And they just waited and waited and waited and crossed it in from the side. Um, that, sec that second goal with Harry Kane, that was a counter that basically began, I believe, from Harry Maguire. Mm -hmm. And then was just like three quick movements with Foden to Kane finishing it off with both player kind of taking the exact amount of time necessary. Like, when Kane got it, he dribbled it slightly, kicked it ahead of him, took three steps, and then at the exact moment where Edward Mendy and I think Koulibaly could close him down, then he scored the goal. So it was all about timing, all about precision. A thing which stands out to me, though, in particular, as an England fan, is not only are you seeing these big team goals... What you're also seeing is when they score them, everyone is happy, everyone's smiling, everyone is celebrating with each other. Like when you see uh, Harry Kane and Phil Foden, Spurs and Manchester City, celebrating together like they were doing, that's something you never would have seen during the supposed golden generation. True. 
And for me, as an England fan, that's the most important part of a win like this because it shows that, you know, I don't think it's incorrect to say that we could go all the way, but it's because of that that camaraderie, that team spirit that we can do it, not just the quality of the players. Mm, integrity does matter a lot. Speaking of Harry mm. Kane, uh, he is definitely the best scorer of the team now. But I read comments; he's not only that; he's also more like the best number ten position in England. Like he's both scorer and orchestrator. Do you agree with that? Yeah, because that's the thing with how he's been so far is he's always been in the previous three games in this central position where he's intended to be a number nine. And as we saw yesterday, when he gets a chance to be that, he absolutely confirms why. However, I think that's also very smart is he's not selfish with it. I, I think that also goes back to what I was saying, what this team seems to like each other. And when you have so many players like Phil Foden, like Bukayo Saka, who are wingers who have a really good eye for goal, teeing them up is the best thing you can do because that just adds more goal threats. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this is part of you know, his basis for playing at Tottenham, where he's always playing alongside Son Heung-min and both the, the two top scorers and the two top assisters for the team. I get the feeling that he's Kane is known as a number nine, but he's way more versatile than people that aren't. And that's why you know, you're giving a statistic like that. I wouldn't have said that naturally, but when you think about it, it's like, oh, of course. So I guess that shows how versatile he is, but without being so obvious about it, that it doesn't become a target for opponents. Mm. What do you like England's chances against France, especially when Raheem Sterling had to go home and he Mm. may not be able to come back on time? Yeah, that Raheem Sterling news is concerning because that's... You know, I'd have to look it up, but I'm sure that's the second or third time that's happened this year. Oh. I believe it was a player in Real Madrid this mm-hmm. happened to previously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like. I it sounds fairly mean, but I feel like if there's one player we could afford to lose, it's Raheem Sterling mm. because he is. I feel like he's very profligate in front of goal. He. He just kind of runs up, takes a shot. If he doesn't get it, that's fine. He feels like he'll have another one. Whereas everyone else is a lot more clinical, a lot less wasteful. Like I felt in his final season, season or two, actually going back a ways with Manchester City, I felt like Pep was playing him in a role where he was so fast at breaking through the lines, but so poor in front of goal in terms of ratio mm-hmm. that he was playing him almost like a distraction not expecting him to score. And when you play like that and you're up against a team like France where you can't afford to miss any chances, the lineup that we had against Senegal, I feel is... what I feel like it wasn't missing anyone. Mm. Uh, the last reigning champions in the World Cup that actually made the final again in the following edition were Argentina. They won it in 1986, and then they reached the final in 1990, although playing the same opponents. Do you think France can repeat their success? Based on how good they've been so far, I wouldn't count them out. Um, I was looking at the list of teams that are remaining. And honestly, if it wasn't for South Korea, mm-hmm. I feel like every team, well, S- Switzerland as well, mm. 
if it wasn't for those two teams, and I suspect neither will be in it by the end of the uh, round of 16, mm. um, I feel like we're in the position where every team is good at this point. Um, but the reason why I think France particularly stands out is they have this history of they win 98, they flame out in 2002. You know, they, they go up, they go down. Seeing France be this consistent over two years makes you think that you know, it makes you think that something is going on. It feels like they're really trying hard to keep things together. And I think that is what's going to take them really quite far. Yeah, that's true. So for tonight, Croatia will play Japan. Brazil will play South Korea. Any chance, like a slight chance of upsetting? I think that the Japan game has the biggest chance of an upset. Mm -hmm. Because when you think about it, we're talking upset, but it's a team that... Beat Germany um, and Spain. Beat Germany and Spain against a team that couldn't beat Belgium. You know, yeah. it's a team that looked tired from the start. Um, so I get the feeling that we're going into this rightfully believing that Croatia's star players are still very good because they are. Mm -hmm. But we are, I suspect, underrating just how good Japan is looking at their previous wins. In fact, thinking about him, I don't even think it's the case of the previous wins that people are underrating. I think it's the Costa Rica loss oh, that yeah. people still think like, oh, this is mediocre side. They'll mm -hmm. lose to Costa Rica. I guess there's still a lot of surprises. And, <clears throat> and you know, Luka Modric, Ivan Perisic, they are still... Fantastic players, even if they are a little bit slow. If there's someone can pull out a miracle and reach the final mm. on their last legs, then everyone retires with the trophy. I could see it being Croatia. Mm -hmm. This Japan side is good. Mm. And I would not be shocked if we see a very similar situation as we've seen before. Play a first half, second half, the manager makes some substitutions, then they just hit them repeatedly on the yeah. break. And we end up with a 2-1 again. I mm -hmm. would not be shocked. Mm. As for as for South Korea, I would be shocked if they got anything against Brazil. That's true. I I, uh, yeah, I, I felt the same. I know I know Neymar is back, mm -hmm. and that's one of the things where, as we've seen previously, that can be hit and miss. Yeah. I but the thing which I suspect more so than that is having just lost to Cameroon, mm -hmm. even though it was a meaningless loss. I feel like they will want to immediately rectify that and show that they are legit. So I feel like this is going to be the end of the line for South Korea. Yeah, I agree. And I just hope that Neymar can finish this game at least healthy without, you know, yeah. worsening his injury. Well, that's it. Like, they, Tite said he was back. But there's no no more information. It isn't like, oh, he's back and he's 100% fit. Or he's back and he's, you know, he'll be playing the second 45 mm -hmm. minutes. He'll bring him on after an hour. Yeah. Based on how he's been... I wouldn't be shocked if we if he plays this game, misses the next round, comes back for the finals. You know, I couldn't see him completing this whole tournament. Mm -hmm, that's true. And I think so much for today. Thank you for listening. Hopefully, we'll be hearing from you guys tomorrow. See ya. Speak to you then. Bye bye.